Today's episode of Locked on Women's Basketball is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or vehicle will ever need. Ogumbawale for the win! You are Locked on Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hey, women's basketball fans. Welcome to another episode of Locked on Women's Basketball with your Tuesday, Thursday host, Erica Lindsay Ayala. I am back in New York after spending a lovely time in Memphis, Tennessee. As promised, more to come from that. But it is Social Justice Thursday. Um, There are definitely some things that I want to talk about, um, including the Women's Sports Foundation annual event. There were several people representing the WNBA and women's basketball that were participating in the virtual event in these COVID days we still find ourselves in. And I want to talk a little bit about um, retired players and women coaching in the WNBA. For those who may not know, I have written about this topic in a few different places, The Guardian, The Athletic, at High Post Hoops. And so suffice to say, I have some thoughts, but there were some tweets that went out from the WNBPA, and I have a little bit of information that I wanna share um, and that potentially could lead to um, some good things for retired players down the pike. So all of that and more on this episode of Locked on Women's Basketball. One reason to repair and maintain your own car is to save money so that then you can use it for important things like your mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts as a chain store or new car dealership. Here's the thing, you wouldn't. That's why you're going to head over to rockauto.com. That's a family business that has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, at rockauto.com, the prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car, your truck, whatever vehicle you own. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the part your car will ever need, rockauto.com. What is a moment? The dictionary defines it as a specific point in time. But in physics, a moment is a turning effect produced by a force acting at a distance on an object. They say this is our moment. Together, we stand. Together, we stand. Our time. But the truth is, this moment started a long time ago by women who refused to be told no, refused to accept injustice, and refused to fail. By women who demanded equal say, 
equal play, and of course, equal pay. We're fighting for the bigger picture. We might not get it today, but we want the future to be better. When there was no road, strong women paved one through their courage, leadership, and sacrifice. Some of their names are known. Others, not so much. But we know all of them made this possible. And those moments created this movement. Amidst the chaos and uncertainty, women have stepped up to the challenge, unwilling to be denied. When they tell us to shut up, we speak up. We have decided it is important to take a stand and raise our voices. With voices so loud and so powerful, they have no choice but to listen. And some of us even put our careers on hold to address the issues facing our nation. We care about this community and we're a part of this community. When they wouldn't say Black Lives Matter, we did. When they wouldn't say her name or say his name or her name, we did. And we didn't stop. And we won't stop until justice prevails. We are at the forefront of every movement in sports and in life. Well, the day I stop fighting for equality and for people that look like you and me would be the day I'm in my grave. Even when we stand, we know when to kneel. Even when we lose, we find the strength to heal. All around the world, women are showing our power. This is bigger than sports. This is about everyone, past, present, and future. They say this is our moment. The truth is, this has always been our moment because we have always been here fighting for what's right and fighting for equality. We speak with our hearts. We speak with our voice. We speak with sport. That was the voice of the one, the only, Layla Ali, who served as the host, the master of ceremonies, if you will, of the virtual event, uh, the Salute to Women, hosted by the Women's Sports Foundation. And this is an annual event. I've been able to go to this event. I went one time, uh, I think I was covering the event for Double G Sports, but either way, it's um, it's an annual event and fundraiser for the Women's Sports Foundation, which does fantastic work really on the advocacy side and the policy side of creating equitable spaces for women in sports so highly recommend that you check that out but um, as you heard yahoo was one of the sponsors for the women's sports foundation and they streamed the event online i must admit as i'm recording this i'm kind of um taking pieces here and there i was again on an assignment and i usually do tap in for the Women's Sports Foundation Salute to Women, Annual Salute to Women. Unfortunately, I could not do that, but I I was pretty excited about the work that I was doing in, in my own way of, of saluting women in sports, particularly one woman. Um, and so I, I'm really, can you tell that I'm excited about this assignment? I'm really excited about this assignment, um, but I want it to 
come together fully before I share all of the details. But the good thing is that uh, I have a quick turnaround, so <laughs> we should be hearing from uh, about that. Anyway, I digress, per usual. Um, the Women's Sports Foundation Salute to Women. I'm going to leave you the link. Um, a fantastic opening monologue there. And what I appreciated is, although there is a... Um, award, the Wilma Rudolph Award uh, that's given annually, and there are a few other awards that are given annually through the Women's Sports Foundation. I believe this to be that opening, and I know this is a podcast, you can't see uh, the images that were on the screen, but the link will be in our description. I highly recommend that you check that out. Overall, I just think that the willingness for athletes for media, and for the greater sports community to embrace athlete activism is something that I'm extremely excited about. Um, I'm, I'm a former, I don't, and I say former very uncomfortably. I used to work professionally as an advocate um, and did a lot of activism for girls and women, even in child advocacy, because there's a need for it. And to see that through the Women's Sports Foundation was very exciting. I will say I take it all with a grain of salt. Um, I, I hope, although I, I'll put it this way, history would tell me that not everyone is going to stay on the bandwagon, so to speak. Um, but that's just the thing. This isn't a bandwagon for me and lots of other people. Um, and you know what? That's, that's a part of the game. That's a part of advocacy and organizing. Um, I, I don't love it, but I understand that that's how the world works. Um, I hope, though, that organizations that are uniquely positioned to talk more about activism and advocacy will do just that. And that opening monologue was an indication that perhaps the Women's Sports Foundation is is um, willing and able to do that. Um, I have found that the Women's Sports Foundation in a lot of ways is inclusive, and the WNBA, rightfully so, has always been included in a lot of what they do. But like a lot of other things, it's a lot of white women running the show. And while white women are an integral part of the history of women's sports, we know without question that black women in every struggle movement um, and, and children, black children also, and children in general, but children of color um, are always on the front lines because we live at the intersect of so many things as Lasia Clarendon has talked about a lot this year. And speaking of Lasia, I will... I'll finish my monologue here and get to some of the actual event coming up next on this episode of Locked on Women's Basketball. So at yesterday's event, the Salute to Women, hosted annually by the Women's Sports Foundation, there are multiple awards that are given every year, I should say. Um, Every year there are multiple awards. One of them is the Wilma Rudolph Courage Award, and we're going to hear Layla Ali talk a little bit about that award and the WNBA players as a whole were the winners for 2020. 
And so here is the monologue. It's narrated by Don Staley, uh, Candace Parker, Kathy Engelbert, Neka Ogumake, and Jaron Jackson Jr., who I'll talk about in a little bit, are all represented in this uh, short intro. The Foundation presents the Wilma Rudolph Courage Award to the athlete who reflects the determination and spirit of Wilma Rudolph, a woman who overcame poverty, polio, and debilitating setbacks to become the fastest female on the planet. If 2020 has taught us anything, it's that we are all stronger together. That's why tonight's award goes to a group of players instead of just one person. Legendary player and coach Don Staley narrates this powerful tribute. On March 13, 2020, 26-year-old Brianna Taylor, an African-American emergency medical technician, was fatally shot by three Louisville police officers when they entered Taylor's home and opened fire. There was no immediate disciplinary action taken upon the officers involved in the shooting. This sparked demonstrations and protests throughout the country. The players of the WBA decided to take action and speak out on racial injustice for all people of color. Most players agreed that not playing today was the option. We're not just trying to make a statement today, we're trying to also figure out what actionable items can come out of this. Because we, we stand in solidarity with our brethren, but with our platform, there's so much more that we feel that we can do to really create some serious change. But I think that still speaks to the metaphor of what we dedicated this season to, say her name, how women are often forgotten. It speaks to the identity that we've always had as WBA players, standing in unity and really amplifying our voices to foster change. When I first learned that the WNBA was dedicating their whole season to the Say Your Name campaign, I, I wasn't shocked. The women's players have always been there when it's time to advocate for something, but they're usually first. They're usually the people who lead it, and they don't always get enough credit for that specifically being the first ones. And they don't care about the politics of it, they don't care about anything of it, they'll just go ahead and do it. So after the players decided not to play that night, take a pause, it was a powerful display, I thought, of unity on national television. And we actually left the broadcast courts after the players had decided not to play and gathered for a really quickly put together but unbelievable candlelight vigil. It was really moving. And think about this. It was really historic to be able to bring an entire league together in one place. And I actually told them that I see in them the next generation of leaders. I fight for racial equality because I want that next generation to feel the same way. I want my nieces, my nephews, my daughters to know that they can do and be and dream to be anything they want to be. They're not going to be held back because of their race or because of their gender. In the words of Martin Luther King Jr., the ultimate measure of a person is not where one stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where one stands in times of challenge and controversy. Accepting tonight's Wilma Rudolph Courage Award on behalf of the players of the WNBA is Laisha Clarendon of the New York Liberty. Presenting the award is nine-year-old Camilla Pepper Persley. If you haven't heard of this rising star reporter, she's been interviewing WNBA players and coaches since she was six years old. And based on her game, she'll probably be starting in the league one day as well. Take it away, Pepper. Well, hi, Laisha, and congrats to you and the WNBA for winning um, the Women's Sports Foundation Wilma Rudolph Courage Award. 
Um, I'm so excited to be interviewing you today, and again, congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate that. And I have talked about Pepper on this podcast, but I am not going to steal her thunder. If you want to listen to Pepper giving the Wilma Rudolph Courage Award to the WNBA, as represented by Lasia Clarendon, then I highly recommend you check out the link in our description. It has the full salute to women. And if you want to skip ahead to roughly the 18, 17, 18 minute mark, you'll get the full monologue, see the images that that I was uh, seeing and that I just played for you. And then you can listen to Pepper's fantastic interview. I highly recommend it. Um... Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, is a player for the Memphis Grizzlies, but also is the son of not only a former NBA player, but of the current executive executive director, excuse me, of the WNBPA, the union for the WNBA players. And um, I loved what Jaron said about that black women, the WNBA in particular, has always been at the forefront. It's something that I say every Thursday here because it's true and it's not said enough. And that's something that Natalia Chanwa talked about when she was on our episode. I'll leave a link in the description that Dawn Staley, who narrated that piece, talked a little bit about. Elizabeth Williams talked about it. Uh, Dr. Janetta Cole talked about it. All of them were on this show to talk about the Win With Black Women love letter to WNBA players. So if you have not checked out those episodes, I highly recommend them. The last one with Natalie um, really hit close to home for me because Natalie gave a shout out and a thank you to all of us who cover the WNBA who maybe don't get the recognition um, and who've been in this much longer than me even, people like Howard, people like the women's hoop guru, Mel, or Sue Favor, uh, Michelle Vopel, Doug Feinberg, but especially people like Christina Williams, Ari Chambers, Jasmine Brown, Bria Felician. Um, I could go on and on and on. Jackie Powell, I've mentioned on this podcast before, but to me, when I heard Natalie thanking people who've been in the game and who maybe are not always recognized, those are the people that I thought of. Um, And so I just want to honor them. Since we are saluting women, uh, most of those people are women, but all of those people have shown their dedication over time to women in sports, which is exactly what the Women's Sports Foundation Salute to Women is all about, and it's what that foundation is about. So um, in hockey, we call it stick taps, uh, mad props to all of those people that I mentioned, and many, 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 many more. Um, So Women's Sports Foundation, again, if you're not familiar, check out the links that are here in the description. I've given you a tease of some of the WNBA adjacent things that have, um, that took place at the 2020 uh, Salute to Women, but look through the history. The WNBA well represented. Maya Moore is a former recipient of the uh, Wilma Rudolph Courage Award. I I believe she won the Wilma Rudolph Courage Award. I need to actually fact check that. I know Madda or Marta, um, for those who maybe don't add the accent like I do. Anyway, women's football 
uh, as in football, uh, Marta won uh, before the women's uh, hockey team, the national team has won before uh, Megan Rapino has been honored. So, um, and again, forgive me, it might not exactly be the Wilma Rudolph Courage Award for all of those, but definitely for some of them. And the point is that there's amazing women in sports that are being honored annually, not just at the Salute to Women, but through the work that the Women's Sports Foundation does. So highly recommend you check that out. But coming up, I want to get into a topic that is not, you know what, I'm going to scratch that. It is a social justice topic. It's just different than the social justice um, that I've been talking about on this, on Social Justice Thursdays, but it's very important and something that I am very passionate about as a journalist. And that is the lack of black women and the lack of former WNBA players currently coaching in the league. And in case you didn't hear, there was some news while I was in Memphis that head coach Brian Agler and the Dallas Wings have mutually parted ways. I'm going to get a little bit into that news, but I I wrote about that for The Athletic. Kelsey Trainer, who's an actual lawyer, also wrote about it, and I highly recommend you checking out her tweets on the updates um, on some of the things that I'm going to talk about in the next segment. But we're going to leave that for our final segment. It's talking about the lack of black women, the lack of former WNBA players currently coaching in the WNBA. Hey, did you know the best tasting protein bar is back and better than ever? That's right. We have an improved built bar and it's even deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors and six of them new, such as caramel brownie, cherry barcia, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Of course, still have the 12 original flavors, which include German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread. I don't know. Is that with or without sour cream for my wobble tea folks? We don't know. Um, Coconut, peanut butter, brownie. All of the bars are covered 100% in chocolate, and they are soft and easy to chew. This is for your health-conscious person. You can use it to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. These are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber bars, so they are great for the keto diet. So we have this deal for you. You're going to want to use the promo code I'm about to give you, and you can have a chance to get your hands on a free cooler with purchase that, of course, is while supplies last. So you're going to go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. That gets you 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And so, you know me. I like to keep it real. It was lovely to recap for you bits and pieces of the Women's Sports Foundation Salute to Women. Again, the link is in the description. Definitely check that out. But we have to keep it real. And as I alluded to, uh, Brian Agler has mutually parted ways with the Dallas Wings. This was just his second season. Now, let me remind you, for those who may not know, Brian Agler left the Los Angeles Sparks. The 
circumstances behind which he left Los Angeles um, were a little bit interesting. It was reported months after he left, um, and then Michelle Vopel, who I mentioned, and gave her a shout out, actually had reported that Brian Agler had left sometime before then, before it was officially announced. Then we had Penny Toller, who was fired by Los Angeles, who in March, this was right before the shutdown of quor- in quarantine, um, and the quarantine, I should say, because of coronavirus. She filed a lawsuit against her former employer, who was uh, the Los Angeles Sparks. And in that, um, she goes over um, some allegations. She does not name Brian Agler, but she talks about the head coach for the Los Angeles Sparks and gives specific dates or seasons. And those seasons, Brian Agler was the head coach. And in this lawsuit... um, This head coach is accused of inappropriate relations with players. And again, the all signs point to Brian Agler. Brian never talked about this. The WNBA never talked about this. The Dallas Wings never talked about it. And the Los Angeles Sparks never talked about it. But there is a pending lawsuit. So that is not necessarily, um, that's not necessarily surprising. Flash forward to current, Brian Agler is no longer a head coach in the WNBA. Now, that that piece of information and the story is, is definitely one that I want to follow a little bit more closely, especially now that I am back home and will be quarantined, so I'll have time to go over all the news. But the reason that I wanted to give you that before going into my segment about black coaches and black women, or lack thereof, um is because this is a challenge and i've i've tweeted threads before i tweeted one earlier today as i was traveling but let me read before i tell you about my twitter threads which i'm very proud of by the way i like i like threading things because i have a lot to say which is why i love podcasting anyway i digress the wnbpa tweeted today and i quote Of the 12 WNBA head coaches in 2020, only four were women and none were women of color. The consistent lack of diversity is unacceptable. After nearly 25 years, the pool of retired players with interest and experience in coaching and front office positions is clear and extensive. This is also a thread. I will add, uh, I will read, I should say, the second piece of the thread. These candidates should be recruited and have their names at the top of the list of any and all open head coach and front office positions in the WNBA and at WNBA. Okay, so the WNBA was tagged. Change begins at home. Hashtag bet on women. Hashtag coaching front office pipeline. Hashtag diversity, equity, and inclusion. To which Swin Cash has replied. Monique Curry has uh, replied. Um, And of course, I I put out a a thread myself. Um, In my thread, I wrote an article for The Athletic that recaps um, just that, that of 12 hires, this was after Walt Hopkins was hired. He was the last head coach hire going into the 2020 season. And I write uh, 
about the lack, the lack of former players and the lack of black women. Sandy Brundello is the only head coach that coached, or excuse me, that played in the WNBA. She's not the only coach overall, but a lot of that goes into this article. Um, For this article, Cheryl Reeve told me, and then she repeated it on her podcast, that um, she's only going to hire former assistant coaches. And so I think you should read that article. But also in my thread is a piece that I did for The Guardian. The NBA wants female head coaches, but how feasible is that goal? This is something, when did I write this? Let me look at this. I wrote this in June 2019, so about a year ago. Uh, Adam Silver said some things about he wants 50-50 male-female referees and wants to see that for coaches as well. Well, you know what, Adam Silver, that sounds lovely, except for the fact that in my opinion and through my reporting, the NBA has done very little to engage their own umbrella organization when it comes to hiring in the NBA. Now, yes, there is a... Um, I'm going to forget the name right now, but there is a um, program for um, former players and WNBA players have been a part of this. Taj McWilliams Franklin, Ashley Battle, I believe, has gone through the program. If they want to be executives, they can go through that executive training. Okay, great. But here we have Rick Carlisle, who is the head of the the coaches, uh, basketball coaches, National Basketball Coaches Association, talking about these uh, symposiums or conferences that they do in Las Vegas. And it uh, goes into um, that that's happening during Summer League, which happens in Las Vegas every year. But here's the thing. If Adam Silver is calling for more women in coaching positions, you have an entire league of women who are the best at basketball, the best 144 on the court, and then some of the best women coaches in the game in the WNBA, if you're trying to recruit them, having and hosting a symposium for coaches during their season is not great. The response that I got to that to this article when I wrote it was uh, something akin to, oh, well, not all of the WNBA teams are playing. There's only... There's only four games during that stretch of time. Here's the thing, right? If there are four games, and assuming none of, the, none of those teams are playing a doubling up, that means that that's eight teams, eight of 12 teams. Eight of 12 teams are engaged in their season. So it's not realistic that there's going to be WNBA uh, <laughs> representation if you're hosting... A symposium on diversity and equity and wanting to recruit more women that just doesn't seem like the best plan now I'm not saying that this can't still happen but if you want to recruit women and you want women who know basketball who are around basketball some of the women who play basketball professionally whilst coaching in the NBA one would think that you want to engage active WNBA players and coaches. And to do that, you need to work around their schedule or host another symposium at a time when they are not engaged. And even that's not perfect because we know that a lot of active players, at least, go overseas. 
with the new CBA, maybe that doesn't happen. Can you tell I got a little excited? The, the response, the response to this Guardian article really uh, burnt my grits, as I like to say. Okay, that, that, but that's only two. There are two more. One more that I wrote and another one that really piqued my interest in this. And I think you'll like uh, who the feature is. And uh, stick taps. Uh, again, I'm kind of in my hockey space. I got to write the hockey newsletter a little bit later. Anyway, stick taps, stick taps to Howard Megdal um, for the last article. But before I get to the article that got things started with me, speaking of Taj McWilliams Franklin, she now works with the WNBA, if you go back to the athletic article, she was very emotional about the position that she now holds in the WNBA because to summarize, um, Taj McWilliam Franklin, McWilliams Franklin, felt that for a long time, retired WNBA players just didn't find, they weren't respected and they couldn't find their place, not in the WNBA, not in the NBA, not in the college ranks. And some of that came to fruition, and actually speaking of, uh, when I spoke to Taj McWilliams, or by the time this article came out, this is several years ago, Taj McWilliams Franklin was the interim head coach of the Dallas Wings. Um, because they let go of their coach midseason, and Taj was a assistant coach there. And she talks about how she finally got a break as an assistant, and the one person who consistently has been able to provide opportunities for former players to coach is Bill Lambeer. Bill is very consistent when it comes to creating opportunities for former players. So highly recommend that you read that. It's Taj McWilliams. Franklin talks opportunities for retired WNBA players. That's for high post hoops. But of course, all of these links will be in the description. And then finally, also at high post hoops, I saw a video and then the corresponding, the corresponding uh, article. Howard Megdal did an interview with Kara Lawson several years ago. And Kara told Howard a story about when she was playing with Sacramento. She won a championship with them, by the way. Bring back the Monarchs. Hashtag bring back the Monarchs. Anyway, when she was with the Monarchs as a player, Kara Lawson, current head coach at Duke, she asked to sit in on a, a practice, Sacramento Kings practice. Already, Kara had shown interest in being a coach. She had and has, um, you know, a lot of people know her from when she was broadcasting WNBA games for ESPN. But even during that time, she was coaching through the USA uh, basketball pipeline. Anyway, she was showing interest and, and was like, listen, I play for the Monarchs. The Kings are right here. Can I come into practice? Essentially, she told Howard that um, she was told that she was a distraction. Carol Lawson, one of the greatest basketball minds, a distraction. So if you want to know more about that, again, that's in my thread, also in the description. Um, but I'm very thankful that Howard asked that question and that Kara since then has been very open. I've spoken to Kara Lawson about this plenty of times leading up to her getting hired within weeks of her being hired by the Boston Celtics. Of course, then she left that job to take the head coaching job at Duke. But for years, I've been talking about this and for years, there are a lot of sirens out back in New York. 
It's not quiet like it was in Memphis. And I've spoken to these players about what, what, you know, in different ways all of them have brought up that there's a lack of coordination. There's a lack of, of an umbrella organization for these retired players. So everything from appearances um, to integration into the WNBA and their pursuits, which includes coaching and coaching positions, there's no link right now as things exist. There's no mechanism and again, for years, as I was talking, as, for as many years as, as I've been researching and, and, and interviewing players, former and current players, about the lack of women and the lack of former players and the lack of black women coaching in the WNBA, almost always those conversations also connect in some way to a desire to have the 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 WNBA, the WNBPA, and the pool of retired players um, be in more communication. And so I think that maybe, and this tweet is telling me that perhaps, you know, we're getting to a point where that's, that's going to happen. And I'm very excited. There is so much talent that has come through the WNBA. And yes, of course, I mean on the court, but there are lawyers, there are agents, there are business owners, there are coaches, of course, um, artists, designers, musicians of all types. There's just so much talent in the WNBA. Too much talent for the WNBA to ever be seen as one-dimensional. And I, I, for one, am tired of the one-dimensional conversations. And I'm hoping that things like the Glossier, is that how you say it? Glossier? I am not, uh, cosmetics and beauty isn't my thing. We need to bring Ari Chambers back on here probably. She can tell me a little bit more. Glossier, there's a campaign there. Lindsay Gibbs, who is our Wednesday host, wrote um, about breaking tea and the Dick's Sporting Goods uh, partnership in Power Plays, if you have not read that. So basically, the bet on women shirts are going to be in Dick's Sporting Goods. I still have a lot of questions, like uh, which, which stores, how much money goes back to the WMBPA, um, for how long are they in stores, like all of the things. I think we're still waiting on some of that information from what I've heard from the WMBPA. But... Um, these are good things. These are steps in the right direction. This is needed. It's necessary. It's time. It's past time. And all of the things that I've talked about on Thursdays about social justice, right? I almost was willing to say that this last segment wasn't social justice, but it is. Gender equity, pay equity, that's social justice. That's advocacy. That's organizing. And maybe now, through the retired players, through more concentration on partnerships, um, and through creating a pipeline, through creating a pipeline for current and active players and or former players who want to come back to the league and coach. Even Becky Hammond has said that she'd love to come back and coach in the WNBA. Well, you know what? Then the league... The league needs to be ready, not for what they have now, but for what is to come. Because again, the league should know 
the WMBPA knows that there is so much talent. So now you prepare for the future, not just for tomorrow. Not just for next season, which will be 25 seasons of the WNBA, but you prepare for the 35th anniversary, for the 45th anniversary, for the 50th anniversary. Do that now. Begin with the end in mind. And the possibilities are endless. Look at what the WNBA has done in the last calendar year alone. Groundbreaking CBA, an entire season dedicated to social justice, now is the time. Now is the time. And so I'm going to re... I'm committing now on this podcast on Locked On Women's Basketball. Uh, I am committed to refocusing the frame. The problem, we know it exists. I've written about it multiple times. The WNBPA has tweeted about it and talked about it. We know the problem. We know that there's only four head coaches that are women, none that are black or BIPOC women of any kind. And things have to change. So now, when you move from activist or educator to activist to organizer, there are things that you have to put in place. And so moving forward for Locked On Women's Basketball as part of Social Justice Thursdays, I want to unpack this. I want to bring on some of those people that I said I've been talking to for years about this. I want to get updates from the WNBA, from the WNBPA on this topic. Because if you're not talking about it, that means you're not thinking about it. I mean, as media, we can at least do that. We can initiate conversations. We can ask questions and leave them out there for the league, for the players, for coaches, for the PA for the public to to answer. So that's what I hope to do, is present you with the the thoughts, um, the concerns, um, with the hopes and aspirations of those involved in women's basketball. All right, folks, we're gonna we're gonna close out. I think this was a good show. We talked about The salute to women. Congratulations to the WNBA players for receiving the Wilma Rudolph Courage Award for 2020 from the Women's Sports Foundation. You got to hear some of the clips from the Women's Sports Foundation. And again, highly recommend that you listen to the full interview with Lasia Clarendon and Pepper Persley, my colleague. Very proud to say that she is my colleague. And of course, I let you know that I am dedicated to having more conversations about the lack of women, the lack of former players, the lack of black women currently coaching in the WNBA. Have to give a shout out to Lindsay Gibbs on Power Plays. Uh, She kind of broke things down by the numbers. I will put that in the description in the description as well for you. And if you're not listening to Lindsay Gibbs on Wednesday, and if you're not Subscribe to Power Plays. Are you really locked on women's basketball? I don't know. I don't know. Might need to ask yourself that question. Until Tuesday, this is Erica Lindsay Ayala. This is another episode of Locked on Women's Basketball. And remember to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to Locked on Women's Basketball. And of course, follow us on social media at Locked on WBB. 
This will be the last time you hear from me until uh, next week. So enjoy your weekend. I'll be in quarantine after my trip to Memphis, but I'm excited. I'm really excited about what's to come. If you have any things that you'd like to hear on, you know, our Wubble Tea Tuesdays or Social Justice Thursdays, let me know at elindsay08 on social media. DMs are open, but screened. And of course, you can always reply to me. Uh, Be nice or not. Either way, I usually reply back. All right, folks, have a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Locked on Women's Basketball. 